Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with Alex Snellgrove, a local artist inspired by our area, particularly our beautiful beaches and ocean. Alex is a finalist in this year's Portuguese with a portrait of our local journalist, Helen Pitt. You're listening to Coogee Voice. I generally paint with acrylic, although sometimes I paint with oil paint as well. I often choose local subjects. In fact, last week I did a painting of that funny little hotel called the Grand Pacific uh, on the south end of Coogee Beach, which has been there forever. Uh, it's a very mysterious little place. As an artist, you appreciate any support you can get and enthusiasm you know on behalf of your art you just you need support uh it's not a, a job you take on to earn a lot of money unless you happen to be someone like tim storia or um john olsen you know and they probably didn't do too well when they first started out um it is lovely to be supported and to have people's faith in you alex welcome to coogee voice how are you going this morning I'm very well, thank you very much, Marjorie. And how's the last two years been for you? Uh, a little bit up and down, of course, because of not just because of COVID, because of my mother, who um, sadly was declining with dementia and who died last year. So that has had a big impact on me. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, but, but work-wise, I have um, blossomed. I think the COVID disaster has actually helped me, um, strangely. Um, I'm not sure why exactly. I think it's freed me up from teaching, which does occupy quite a bit of my mental space. The silver lining of lockdown. Just before we get into talking about your art, you do spend some of your time, a lot of your time, around the eastern suburbs. What do you love most about the east? I think it goes very deep for me. It's where I spent my very earliest years when my parents were newly married and they couldn't afford to buy a house here, strangely enough. It's um, <laughs> not exactly unknown now, is it? This was in the early 1950s when they were married. Actually, it was 50, 56 when they were married. They lived with my grandmother in her flat for the first years of their marriage and um, when they had me, the first baby. I remember being taken to the beach just everything about it, it just seems to be, it's under my skin, put it that way. It's part of me. It's part of me. Now, you're a local, you're an artist. Can you please share with us your art and your chosen medium? Yes, I'm a painter. Um, I generally paint with acrylic, although sometimes I paint with oil paint as well. I often choose local subjects. In fact, last week I did a painting of that funny little hotel called the Grand Pacific uh, on the south end of Coogee Beach, which has been there forever. Uh, it's a very mysterious little place. I've always been attracted to it, and I've discovered how many other people are too. Generally, though, I paint uh, the water. The movement of the water fascinates me, the people interacting with the ocean, the way they, they're so natural with something quite fearsome, I think, to many people in many cultures. Um, I remember a friend of mine going to see relatives in Greece and she said, nobody swam. They all went to the beach. They just lay on the 
well, they were stones, not sand. They sunbaked. They, you know, had a nice day, but they didn't actually swim because they couldn't. Uh, and they thought it was a bit frightening, you know. Here we have a different relationship entirely with the sea. Uh, children are encouraged to be nippers, lifesavers from an early age. Not all children. My children didn't. But in this area, you know, it's part of our culture here. Hundreds of kids graduate to be surf lifesavers here. Anyway, when I go to the beach and watch people interact in such a comfortable um, natural way with the ocean. It's quite inspiring to me. Uh, I love the the time of day when the shadows are long and the afternoon best because it's not quite so bright. I find the midday and morning light very glary and sparkling. You know, it's gorgeous to be there, but to paint the afternoon light is more somehow a little more gentle and more interesting. It's got with the, with the shadows makes it more interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I find I come back to Coogee Beach again and again. Um, I don't think I'll ever exhaust it as a subject. I've also painted other local beaches, um, like Gordon's Bay, for example. Um, it's just uh, uh, recently I've also done a large panorama of um, Wiley's Baths, which just I, if I, I could just paint that for the rest of my life and I would sell everyone, people just love Wiley's Baths. They, it's 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 an icon, I suppose, to use an overused word, but there's something about the way it's formed, the shape of it, the size of it, um, the fact that you can be a serious swimmer and do your laps there, but also sunbake and um, meet your friends. It's a venue for weddings and, and so on. It's got everything, hasn't it? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't swim there, though, because for me it's a very serious swimmer's place and I'm not a great swimmer, strangely enough. I love the ocean, I love the water, but I'm not a brilliant swimmer. Um, I'm not sure what, why that happened. <laughs> um, but it doesn't really matter, you know, I don't, I don't really mind. And um, anyhow, uh, so as I said, the, the ocean and the shore particularly, you know, with the wet sand, the way the, the, the water comes in and wets the sand and creates all these great reflections of all the people um, on the edge of the water. Um, I love doing that. And anyway, when I came to do Helen Pitt um, recently, who's a, a very good friend, she swims every day, year round. And I, was, I just ran into her one day and I just thought, I'd love to do a picture of you in the water, you know. So that's how... I came to do her portrait for the Porsche Geach Prize. Um, it's unusual. Um, most portraits are not in water, uh, that's for sure. Um, but it, I called it in her element because that's really how it is for her. She's just in her element when she's swimming. She once described it to me as being very healing. Uh, she had a few issues with um, her ageing parents and I remember she bought one of my first paintings of the Ross Jones Memorial Pool, at a time when she didn't have a lot of money, actually, and um, it was one of my very first ocean paintings. Um, I remember that well. As an artist, you appreciate any support you can get and enthusiasm, you know, on behalf of your art. You just, you need support. Uh, it's not a, a job you take on to earn a lot of money unless you happen to be someone like Tim Storrier or um, John Olson, you know, and they probably didn't do too well when they first started out. Um, it is lovely to be supported and to have people's faith in you um, made clear like that. And anyway, um, Helen's just a, 
such a she's full of vitality and and uh she's such a bright person she's fantastic anyway and i was so happy to be painting her and i was so happy to be um selected as a finalist in the portuguese portraiture prize alex You've walked into all of the questions that I was setting to ask you. Um, but I, I'd like to actually unpack a little bit more about the Portuguese because the Portuguese Memorial Award um, is Australia's most prestigious art prize for portraiture by women artists. Um, as a little bit of background myself, my auntie is the 1999 winner of the Portuguese. Uh, That's with a Eva wonderful, Cox. yes. Yeah. I guess I, I'm interested though because sadly although there is a significant number of female artists, female artists are still broadly underrepresented in major prizes. The Portuguese is one of the very few art prizes that specifically targets women. I'm interested to know your thoughts about why you think women continue to be underrepresented by the major awards. That's a great question. It's clear that it's true. Otherwise, why would awards like this be set up? If you go to a major gallery you will see how few paintings have been done by women. Um, I think it's a tiny proportion. It's overall. I can't give you a statistic, I'm afraid. I prefer not to think too much about stuff like that. You've just got to kind of keep on going, haven't you? But um, I think, yeah, it's a bit of a mystery. I think traditionally, obviously, most women were in a position where they weren't supported. And one good example of somebody who was and who succeeded very well was Grace Cossington-Smith, who, whose family supported her. Her sister kept house for her. So she actually didn't have to worry about money. She had a comfortable home and she could just paint. And when women are given that chance, look what they can do. You know, she was a wonderful artist. I, she's one of my heroes, actually, or heroines, we should say. Um, anyway, she... You know, she, she succeeded because she had the backup. Traditionally, of course, their reproduction and family duties kept most women from succeeding in a, in a, a serious art career. But there were exceptions through history, but not very many. And I think it's, it's a rather difficult one to pin down, isn't it? Um, when I listen to someone from an older generation speaking about women generally in public life and when you're an artist you are public aren't you um she said my, this is my mother i'm speaking about and people of her generation i think often believed believe this sort of thing that men had more of a sense of authority i think that's the best way of describing it really more they were more convincing she always said to me she thought women's voices shouldn't be used on tv and radio <laughs> sorry Marjorie, <laughs> uh, she thought a man's voice was much better to listen to. Um, their voices were more, more pleasing. So I think that it sort of extended into art as well. Well, I think sadly uh, women have been viewed in the past as less and lesser than men. I think that's why it took more than 100 years for the first woman to be elected to be the Member of Parliament for the seat of Coochie. But I do think things are changing um, yeah. and we're seeing... Yes. We're seeing increased numbers of women not only 
participating in public life but also being recognised in public life. Yes, I think that's equal. right. It yeah. just takes ages, doesn't it? It does. Um, for the majority of people. The majority of people, I'm convinced, don't spend too much time thinking about most things. Mm-hmm. They just get on with their lives and their families and their friends. Now, as an artist, is there anyone that inspired you to become an artist and follow your art? Yes, there have been a number of people. I have always admired someone called Clarice Beckett who was painting in around about 1930s, 40s in Australia, in, Mel- in Melbourne. She was a talented artist. She did training and then she wanted to pursue her art but her parents insisted that she stay home and look after them. <laughs> I'll just let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> So she had to paint, first of all, on the kitchen table, second, in a very small space, third, on very small pieces of masonite or similar um, materials, Um, and she had to get herself around to find her locations to paint, uh, which she did with a little trolley. This was a very determined woman. She, She had to fight a huge amount of opposition. This was an absolutely classic example, really, of what we were talking about earlier, isn't it, of um, women being undervalued, let's say. Anyway, she she was prolific. She was very good. Um, I love her work. It's very quiet, very, very subtle and quiet. She died young. She died of pneumonia as she travelled to and from one of her painting locations in bad weather. I find her inspiring because she kept at it against odds. The, the odds were really against her. She didn't have much money, I don't think, either. And her work was lovely in a sublime, uh, very small, as I said, but also very beautiful. And I think she's a great inspiration. Another one would be Rosalie Gascoigne, who came to art late in life and who um, started out arranging flowers, I believe, in a public gallery or in a public place. I think it might have been the town hall or something. um, She was noticed. She started collecting things. She went to rubbish dumps and collected items that had been tossed. This is not allowed now. She actually said this. No one could do what I did back then because it's just not permitted. But um, one of the uh, first things she did was collect fairground dolls, from Jim Sharman's puppet show or some sort of show that he had. Anyway, she found them all in a dump and created sculptures and it was a sellout um, exhibition. <laughs> and then she started collecting road signs. She didn't really know what she was going to do with them. She just sort of piled them up in the backyard and then she started cutting them up and putting them back together again. So she was she was a pioneer. She was older and she just she was dogged and she became extremely successful, much imitated. And she actually was our first, the first Australian to represent this country in the Venice Biennale. And she did that when she was in her 60s. So (laughs) that's pretty amazing, isn't it? And she also got an AO for services to the arts. Um, So, you know, she, when she was a young mother living in Canberra with her her husband, who was an astronomer, um, you know, she had to look after the kids and push a stroller around. I did all that stuff too, you know, so many women do, don't they? But she was frustrated, you know, she wanted to be doing more. She obviously had talent 
Um, so it's sort of latent. And then she blossomed. And I just think she's marvellous. Marvellous is the word. Now, Alex, before I let you go, there are three big questions we ask everyone that comes on to Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, where sells the best coffee, and where you can get the best burger. <laughs> oh, God. The best beach. Oh, it's Coogee, without a question, without question. Yes. Where's the best coffee? Morning, I think Morning Glory. I just think it's a good spot and um, it's good coffee. And best burger. Okay, I have never eaten a burger in Coogee, so I cannot (laughs) tell you. All good. Alex, if people would like to learn more about your art, where should they head to? I have a website, alexsnellgrove.com.au. Yes, and you can contact me anytime. I accept commissions. Very happy to do those. I also sell my work at Humble Beginnings in Randwick, which is just up in um, Avoca Street next to the Catholic Church. Wonderful. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Coogee Voice. My pleasure. What an interesting conversation. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Alex's art, check her out on Instagram at Alex Snellgrove. You're listening to Coogee Voice. 